the Recovery Revolution will be podcast on the Since Right Now Addiction Recovery Network. This is the Unruffled Podcast, episode 152. This is a podcast about recovery through creativity. We live an intentional life. We thrive. I am Sandra Primo. And I'm Tammy Salas. And we are The Unruffled. Hello, Unruffled listeners. We are popping in at the top of the show to share with you several ways that you can help support the podcast. First, you can become a patron of the show by donating to our Patreon fundraising campaign. Please consider supporting our consistent effort in bringing you weekly content on creativity and recovery, all for less than the price of a latte. For just a dollar an episode, you will receive early access to each week's show and be the first to hear about our new Unruffled Retreat offering taking place in the fall of 2020. We only have 12 spots available and patrons will have first dibs at reserving their spot once we release it. The link to our Patreon campaign is www.patreon.com backslash The Unruffled Podcast. And that's not it. You can also share our show on social media or with your friends, and you can subscribe to the podcast and give us a rating on iTunes. All of this helps our little show immensely, and we thank you from the bottom of our hearts. To find out more about our personal creative offerings, one-on-one programming, and future Unruffled listener meetups, please subscribe to our newsletters or visit our websites. Links to all of the things mentioned here can be found in SoundCloud, or on our Instagram page for the show, at The Unruffled Podcast. Now, on to the show. Hey, Sandra. Good morning. Long time no talk. I know, here we are. Back (laughs) on the mics. Back on the mics. We had a whole February to just go make some fun for ourselves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was was really like balls to the walls. (laughs) Right? Mid-December, all through January. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and then, then all through February. <laughs> <right>. <laughs> and then February is full of other things besides podcast recordings, but because yeah. we had all those banked. Well, let's tell our listeners just really quick to get them up to speed. We worked our, our asses off in January, getting like doing double episodes basically so that we could have a bank of them for February because uh, Steve was going out of town. He does our sound and our puts our show together. And um, that was a lot of work. Right? Yeah, it was. <laughs> <laughs> so then we were like, oh, we'll have February off and it'll be super easy, which it was easy for the podcast. But then we, I think both of us filled it in like to the right. Brim. It was like double down after that to the point where I had a complete mental breakdown, but we'll get to that when we'll we get talk to about that. February. <laughs> we'll get to that. But it was, I mean, it was so nice though, wasn't it, Sandra, to have worked so hard in January and to have that space, even though it was tiny because we filled it with other things, but I, I needed that so bad. Yeah. Yeah. Breaks are good. A little break. And it still went up every week and nobody was the wiser. Um, But no, we're just giving a little behind the scenes tidbits here. Um, Yeah, it felt uh, felt like (laughs) I just packed it full to the brim like I do. All or nothing, right? Just Mm -hmm. in all things. So um, yeah, so we're going to talk about February on the show and all the fun things that we did, all of the creative things, all of um, our challenges. I don't know. I'm just going to see how it flows today. Yes, very we loose. are. It's very loosey. <laughs> very loosey goosey um, today. Should we start or end with your event? Uh, let's, uh, let's end with it. End with it? Okay. Yeah, because it was the freshest. Yeah, yeah. I'm looking. I have my logbook open for the month, which is interesting. I kind of My month started off with dropping Steve off at the airport to go to Australia. Right. And I'm going to tell you in Tammy fashion what I did. And and I think you're going to laugh at me, Sandra. (laughs) I just, I packed it full that day. Like I dropped him off super early and um, I didn't say everything that I wanted to say to him before he left on this trip. I didn't want to like leave him with any heaviness as he went to Australia. And um, 
in light of our kind of our situation, our current, you know, we're ending our marriage and he was going on this big journey. Um, but you know what? Your body knows that you're not saying what you're saying. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like with the book, the body keeps the score, right? So the body knows certain things. So I decided to pack day one of him being gone with going to my 12-step meeting, um, mm-hmm. taking a journey with Pixie Lighthorse, which was a trip, and then going to my Course in Miracles class and then having a full-on breakdown that night. <laughs> mm-hmm. Did all the things on day one mm-hmm. of him being gone. So the rest of the month, I realized I needed to kind of slow my roll but I couldn't help myself. It almost felt like I had this whole month and I wanted to just pack in everything. Mm -hmm. Spiritual, creative, numbing out with TV, you know, watching the Ted Bundy story again, his ex-girlfriend. Like I just, I just found other ways to numb a little bit this month. And I found, I wasn't spiritually bypassing. I don't think, I think I was just starting to do some deeper work as I hit my, um, as I hit my five-year mark. So it's like this whole month just seemed, not that there was like landmines, but there were, there were a few, <laughs> let's mm-hmm. just say that. So that's a, that's a long way. That's a lot of, I'm going to unpack that later as we go through the show, but it just felt like um, I was ready for February and yet completely unprepared for it as well. Mm-hmm. So that was my beginning. That was my beginning. How about you? When you, when you knew we were going to take a break, how did you feel? Did it feel open and expansive? Did it feel? It didn't actually. I mean, I think that, you know, January was so hard and I could feel that I was leading up to a breaking point. Like I could feel it. I could feel it January one, if I'm going to be honest. Mm, Okay. (laughs) And I could feel like, you know, I had this voice in my head that was saying, Sandra, it's too much. Yeah. You need to slow your roll. You're doing too much. I, I mean, I had that, and then, but, but it was like, but I have so much here to cross off the list. There's right. so, like, it all needs my attention. <laughs> all we of it. We have to do all these things. Yeah. And, uh, I, but I could feel it every time I was inching closer to um, falling down a hole. <laughs> And when you're falling down the hole, it sometimes you don't, or for me anyway, I don't realize that I am until I hit the bottom. Right. <laughs> and that's what happened. And I woke up one day a f- couple of weeks, a week or half an ago or so. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, I, I can't, I'm, I'm done. You I had to alcohol. like walk over to my calendar take a marker and write a big X over the top of it mm-hmm. and go back to bed, which is something I never do. I'm not a person who is a lady of leisure. Right. I don't uh, lay around on the couch and watch Netflix. I wish I did. I, then I probably wouldn't burn myself out. Right. But I just don't. I, um, I've said this many times, but I've been running like I'm running out of time <laughs> um, since I got sober. And I, uh, so I'm not recommending this protocol <laughs> to anyone. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, you know, I've been making up for lost time since July 13th, 2014. Mm. And, yeah. And I, and it's not like, I mean, I sleep well at night. I get a good eight hour. I'm an eight hour a night. And I mean, thank goodness I sleep eight hours a night um, because then I would have, I would be completely depleted. But, you know, that gives me just enough, I think, to, to power through the next day. Yeah. Um, but it's still, you know, I haven't had a vacation since July, a real vacation since July. And that's a long time. For anybody, um, when you own your own business, uh, you know any kind of entrepreneur. There's never a day off, really. Yep. Yep. I mean, you you schedule in blocks of time, um, but there's rarely a day off. There's rarely a day where I'm at least not answering a few emails or something. Mm-hmm. Um, Absolutely. And not to mention, if you take the day, you know, there's nobody to pick up the slack. So 
you know, whatever was going on that day that I put a big X on was just going to be neglected for a day, which is fine. You know, nothing's going to completely fall apart. It's not. Right. But I could hear it in your voice the day prior. We had a Zoom call and we were chatting, me, you, and Cody. And you were like, I'm hitting a wall, basically. Mm -hmm. Like it's happening. I can feel it. And so when the next day, when you did do the big X and you took the day, like, good. You needed, you probably needed about three, four days. I probably did, but but I slept like most of the day, most of the day I slept, which is crazy. And, you know, and perhaps I was getting sick, but perhaps I was getting sick as a reaction to the, you know, the, the stress or the too much, the too much doing. Um, which, you know, happens for me, I'm pretty attuned into my body and I rarely get sick, but when I do, it's because it's usually because I'm tapped out. Yeah. And I think it just sort of takes down your immune system. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And so you, you know, you are just more susceptible to picking up germs. So I don't know, but I slept and when I wasn't sleeping, I binged the entire goop lab on Netflix. <laughs> okay. We need a moment for this. Which was time well spent. I will say. Um, I, I binged that as well. And I think it should be required watching for all women, right? Yeah. Whatever you I, think about Gwyneth Paltrow, what, let's set that aside. Okay. Let, yes. <laughs> let's go ahead and say that because I have my opinion about opinions about Gwyneth Paltrow as well. Mm-hmm. Some of them are just neutral. Like I don't really care right. that much about her. Um, but you know, I, but the, but the, but the goop lab mm-hmm, mm-hmm. series on Netflix fucking fantastic was excellent. <laughs> yeah. Um, I watched episode three twice about, okay. um, Volvia gazing <laughs> required watching for every woman. I think that is listening to this show, please go on Netflix goop lab episode three. You're going to want to watch that. It was, um, so informational and so um well the whole thing the whole all of the episodes were really great but especially they were really great <laughs> when i told my husband that's what i did he looked at me like i was growing a, a horn or something <laughs> he well, what yeah to think that i've been calling it my vagina the whole time and that that's not what it's called and i mean just everything. Oh, well, I knew that. I did know that. I know body parts and I have, I have gazed. I have. Oh, full, you have. Okay. Oh, I've not. hell yeah. Oh God. No, yes. Yes. I've never I'm gazed. Very, I know it, what all everything looks like and feels like. I, I promise. But well, I believe you. I believe but, you. But I, the statistics, Sandra. I'm, yeah. I was surprised by that. I w- I'm some of those statistics right there. So it was interesting to not know that I didn't know the names of things and, um, a lot of shame around my uh, Netherlands. <laughs> yeah, well, those right. are good things to discover about yourself, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I had a. Uh, won't get into it too much, but yeah, I had a. <laughs> Natalie stayed the night um, on a Friday night, and we watched that episode. <laughs> it's such a good conversation, and we just talked about it. And then I watched it again a second time, and I was like, "Wow, how am I forty nine years old, and don't know some of this stuff?" Or I haven't looked at myself mm-hmm. or touched myself in certain ways. So it was like all of it was like a lot, it was very eye opening this month mm-hmm. to think right. about, just to think about me as a woman and this stage of life. And especially as I'm going to be becoming a single woman, it's like, I got to get my shit together, Sandra. I got to, I got to learn some things. <laughs> right. <laughs> I need to get up to speed. Well, yeah. and it's so easy to, uh, to, to disconnect from certain parts of your either psyche or your physical body. And it's, I mean, it's all connected. It's, you know, all the same thing, but, um, but yeah, it's, it's, it is, it's very easy to disassociate. Yeah. Yeah. And that was some of the work that I did this month. So the fact that I watched that and that happened to be, um, one of the episodes, you know, it was interesting. It was like right on time, you know, how things are, they're just right on time when you need them to be right on time. Yeah. Anyway, ladies, trust us on this. this. Watch it. (laughs) You're going to want to watch it. (laughs) I don't want to watch it. You might want to take notes. You (laughs) might want to get a mirror. You might want to check yourself out. So just that's a little, 
That's a little spoiler alert for you on that episode. You're, wel- you're welcome. Let's just say that. In right. You're welcome. <laughs> Plus many other things. That is it Wim Hof method, the breathing method? The Wim Hof, which I have, I've <sighs> been really into Wim Hof. The guy yeah. is just, it's contagious, right? His energy. You can feel it. Oh, yeah through the television. Plus I've listened to him on many podcasts. He's been on Rich Roll before, of course. He's new to me. And Oh, really? Oh yeah. He's, it's pretty, it's pretty amazing. I mean, you can go down the YouTube rabbit hole of Wim Hof, but he's, you know, been his body and his bodily physical reactions have been scientifically measured yeah. And uh he has a remarkable story. You know, I mean my favorite part of his story is that he developed this technique as a reaction to his wife committing suicide. And uh so it's really, you know, grounded. It's not just some woo-woo thing. Yeah. And she suffered from anxiety and panic disorder, is that right? Right. Yeah. Right. And so he was really yeah. driven from a very personal place to come up with some way to mentally, you know, talk and mentally and like literally talk yourself off a ledge. Yeah. And it starts, you know, can start every morning with a breathing technique and some cold cold, and a cold shower. Yeah. Simple. Yeah. It was, it was interesting just to think about my anxiety and my panic in my body. And, and and I haven't had a, an attack since, um, or issue with it since, uh, June of last year, knock on wood. And it's interesting, all the little things that I've been, I mean, obviously I would, I want to check out his breathing techniques and the cold shower. And I I will research that a little bit more, but, um, but just knowing that telling the truth about things that I haven't been willing to talk about, not even just telling the truth, but saying them out loud, getting them out of my body has been an interesting exercise and helpful as well you know, to address my, my personal anxiety and, and panic and, um, how that can all kind of thread together. And, um, um, this month I did that, that journey class with Pixie Lighthorse and I've shared this in our group, but I'm going to share it again just because it was powerful. Um, she took me on the shamanic journey, which I, I did with her last year, Sandra, she called them, um, I forget what she called them journeys last year, but this year, this class was called envision. And on day one that I did it, the day that, that Steve went out of town, I laid on my living room floor. She takes you through a shamanic journey. She does some drumming. She activates the pineal gland, right? With the drumming, with the theta beats. And she, um, this time it was about being a mineral and it was about going back to a land before time. That was your imagery. Like you're going back to a land before time. You are a mineral. So I was like climbing obsidian mountains that were made from Mm. obsidian Mm -hmm. there was three of them and then there was three malachite mountains and I was climbing this obsidian mountain and then I slipped and then all of a sudden I came face to face with myself Sandra like my face just came like somebody was coming right up to me within an inch of my face and it was me Mm. and then I backed up and I looked at myself and then like so many black butterflies just came flying out of my mouth Mm. like all around my head and, and I started crying and then I, I came out of the, came out of the journey Mm. and I was shaken up a little bit and I asked her, you know, you're dialoguing with her online. Mm -hmm. So she's answering the chat to anybody that puts things and I tell her what my vision was. And then she said, what, what is not being said in your life? Um, Do you have any inner dialogue that's just screaming at you that needs to get out? Um, do you have a long held secret? You know, so she was just asking prompts. Mm-hmm. So I'm writing these things down and I'm like, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> and um, it shook me up. It really shook me up. And I couldn't do the journey the next day with her because it was just too intense. And then, um, and then the next day I did, I did one on Wednesday. So that was Monday. Then on Wednesday I did one with her, Sandra, and it was about um, connecting with an animal. And she said, this is not a spirit animal. This isn't, you know, colonialism where you just, you pick an animal and it's yours. Right. This will be whatever comes to you in your vision. So in my vision, I, I couldn't, um, I was just having memories. I wasn't having a vision. I was just having childhood memories. 
to bring me back to this trauma that I had with a snake. Um, when a neighbor came to my front door, we had a screen. My mom was deathly afraid of snakes. And in my memory, he opened the screen door and he threw the snake on my mom. Oh gosh. I've never heard my mom, I've never heard terror come out of someone's mouth like I did when I heard my mom. And um, so this was what kind of occupied this time where I was supposed to be having this vision and I couldn't, I couldn't have a vision. So I shared with her that. And I said, I couldn't, I only had a memory and I don't want to pick it. I don't want to pick a snake as my animal. I just, for the year, I just, I just telling you what happened. She's like, didn't you have the black butterflies yesterday? And I said, yeah. And she said, so they're the same. Their transformation. Mm. They're, they're both yours this year. Mm-hmm. So why don't you go ahead and um, I want you, because we were making vision boards. She's like, why don't you collage around that and you make something from that. And just because you didn't have a vision doesn't mean that that's not what's happening for you. Mm-hmm. Obviously, that's what you thought about. And she said, they're the same and they have great power too. She said, so just, you know, you can meditate and collage and journal and do all of that. And then I couldn't finish the rest of the classes with her. It's mm. like I stopped there. It was almost too much. And I still haven't done the collage, which, you know, I'm all about it. Like I love a glue stick, but it was so much stuff, Sandra, that, it, and then it, and it tapped into seven-year-old Tammy stuff. So it was like, um, it was a lot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was a lot. And then watching, you know, the vulva gazing and connecting that back to trauma. And when I was seven and the whole thing, just the whole thing was so much, but it was okay because I could, I could compartmentalize it in my notebook mm-hmm. and know that I could come back to it this month and work on it a little bit at a right. time. Take it a little bit at a time. Yeah. 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 So I did. And and I talked to my therapist about it and Sandra, she masterfully walked me through the trauma of when I was seven and had me change it, tell a different story. Mm-hmm. Oh, so cool. Yeah. It was really beautiful. So that was a lot of what I did in February was kind of picking up the pieces, reading books, feeling what I was called to teachers, finding words, you know how you do when you see people sharing stuff, it's like some words permeate you. And um, I don't know, it just really, um, it was a very insightful month. It was a lot of um, aha moments. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was good. I'm not afraid of it. Um, but I felt after hitting my five-year sobriety mark on February 3rd, I felt like new chapter, whole new, new um, exploration that I'm, I'm ready for. So, yeah. Yeah. Intense. That was a lot of my mom's. It was intense. That's why I'm glad we had a break too. <laughs> right. Even though we were still busy with stuff, but it was, it was good. Um, it was good medicine. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing too, with, you know, these things come up and if you don't have time to yeah. explore or sit with it, you just, you know, put it in a drawer, but it's going to still be there. It's going right. to be in that drawer. Right. So you're ready, you're ready to open it back up. Well, and I, I, I did a, a little um, research. I don't know a whole lot about um, chakras and my throat has been shut since Steve left for Australia. And so going through this whole thing, the journey, the butterflies flying out of my mouth, the, what's your voice, what, it, what, what hasn't been said, it's funny how it's lodged in there, right? And then my therapist helping me rewrite a story, say a new story as your seven-year-old self. Like I'm, it's been interesting to have it, um, to help it along the way and to, to, to just, I don't know, tap into it. And it's like, I would have never... My body knew this stuff before, or this was happening to my body before, but I wasn't aware. I I was just drinking it away, you know, the uncomfortable feelings or things I don't want to remember. So it feels like I'm welcoming it a little bit, Mm. a lot of it, actually. Yeah. I'm not afraid of it. I'm like, okay, let's do this. (laughs) Yeah. That is work that I have never done because I, I, you know, there are, I have some memories of things that were done to me when I was a kid that, Mm. you know, shouldn't have been done to me. Um, but I, uh, they're really buried. Like, like the memory is so whispery thin Mm -hmm. that, uh, yeah, I know that it's, um, 
the rest of it somewhere. It doesn't just, yeah, <laughs> it doesn't just dissipate into thin air, but you know, being, talks the seven, to you, though. being the seven that I am, I'm like, Oh, that sounds painful. I'm not going to do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. But it's funny. It, it, we know when it's time, right? Like I wouldn't have, sure. I couldn't have done this in early sobriety. There was just too much. Someone said to me, I had a little art reception the other day for, um, for my geographic show. It's hanging up in town and it's going to be there for a couple of months. And this great woman who she's a clinical herbalist and I was talking to her and, and she just said, she said, Oh, you just had your five years. And she's sober as well. And I said, yeah. And she was, she was like, did you hear the pop? And I go, what pop? And she goes, you know, when you pull your head out of your ass. That's finally nice. not all about you, man. And you move on to like, what's next? And I go, you know what? I think I did hear the pop. <laughs> I feel like I'm having this kind of second sobriety uh, evolution, you know, like I, I don't feel so much like drinking, even though I did a little bit this month, you and I talked about that where we had some feel like drinking moments, um, but they're few and far between and, mm-hmm. and I can talk my way through them and to the end and know that that's not going to be a thing, but it's true. It's like this, okay, five years of me, 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 me. <laughs> now it's still going to be me, me. I'm still going to work on this stuff, but I'm ready to kind of expand in a different way. And right. You talked about this last year around your five mm-hmm. years, just a different expansion that's happening. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. There has, I have, I don't have enough space to be retrospective yet, but yeah, it's definitely, um, yeah, you definitely evolve and change and thank goodness. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting to go back. I'm writing my five year sobriety post. I used to write it like on the day, you know, and I'd spend the whole day thinking about it. And it's like, I have a lot to say, but I don't have anything to say. Yeah. No. I think if I was stagnant, I don't, sobriety would be harder for me um, because I'm a person that welcomes, welcomes change and evolution. I stagnation is, um, is not good for me. Yeah. So um, it's definitely something that keeps me sober. It's not something I'm afraid of. Yeah. Um, to that end, I mean, when I had, um, speaking of being stagnant, like I had that show of the geographic, like back in 2018, Sandra, and I said, I never wanted to do another show again. Very dramatic. Had my panic attacks. I put up this show on Groundhog's Day this year. Um, the day I had my last drink, me and my son put it up because um, uh, you know, that's who we had to do it. So me and him just did it and it was not fun or easy, <laughs> but we did it. <laughs> and then on my five-year sobriety birthday, I walk into the coffee shop that I go into five days a week after my meetings and to see my paintings on the wall, like full circle, kind of knocked me, you know, just knocked the wind out of me a little bit. And then to hear people talking about my work where I could hear them mm-hmm. and saying nice things and all the staff being so kind. And every time I walk in there, I hear somebody saying something nice. Oh, that's, that's great. And it was really beautiful. And I was like, how was I saying I was never going to do this? And when I had my reception, my professor came and she was like, I am so happy to see your work out in the world. When you said you were never going to show again, I was really hoping that you did not mean that. And um, she invited me to be part of an art show this month that I got to, she curated it, my professor. She's my mentor, my painting mentor. And she was in the show with me. So I got to be in a group show with her. That's great. I mean, this month was just full. (laughs) so full. Um, and I feel grateful for it and think like five years ago, no, I, I was not at this place. I was in the darkest place of my life. And um, I'm just really glad I just kept not drinking. Yeah. And, and yeah, and that's the thing about creative work. It's one thing to, 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 to cultivate it, to make it, um, to nurture that part of you and then you know then showing it you know or and 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 receiving validation for that work is a it's a different layer of it right yeah it's a different thing and you don't have to do the second part no but um but when you do um 
I don't know. I, that's, it's, I, I, it's, uh, I can separate the two. I can compartmentalize the two things. Um, and, and, and not everything I make needs to have any sort of feedback or validation or, you know, hustling for worthiness as Brene Brown says. Mm -hmm. It's, um, it's almost like, uh, it's almost like just, um, you know, when you make something beautiful and then the community experience, I, anyway, I've lost my train of thought, but I, I think what I want to say is that it's a different and very satisfying experience when you kind of create uh, a community around um, beauty yeah. and creation. Yeah, because that beauty gets amplified, it feels like for me gets amplified because it's not just the work that's that's up on the walls or however whatever the medium is it's also the people right community and like that's what I obviously that's what we've done here Sandra and what you what you started when you started your um, website the unruffled like creating community around beauty and creativity and artists and artistry and all of it yeah it, it was amplified and it was a good reminder like I need to get back to work mm-hmm yeah you know? I have not felt like painting. I mean, I, I painted a few things in Morocco during that workshop. And, um, but I have not really seriously painted anything since May of 2018. Mm. So I feel like coming back, I feel like there's a few things I need to clear off the decks and finish. Um, I'm working on that online course that I'm doing. And, and as soon as that's done, I feel like I have some space. Right. I want to just experiment and make something not, I don't know what I'm going to make, but just to make it, to make it, to make it and just mm -hmm. see what happens from it, you know, like art yeah. happens. <laughs> and I guess when I was stumbling over my words, what I was trying to say is it's more than just like, you know, stroking your ego or, mm -hmm. or, you know, receiving accolades or whatever, um, those kind of yeah. base needs. <laughs> it's more than that. <laughs> It fills up your soul. I mean, right. that's why I sit down every morning and do the things that I do because they fill me up. Not because I make any money from them. <laughs> I do them because I really like to do them. And it really feels good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, that's wonderful. I'm so glad you're having a, a second show of your work. Yeah. Maybe you'll sell to something too. Yeah. We'll see. They're keeping it up. They asked yesterday if they could keep it up for another month. Um, oh, nice. I'm very excited by that. So what else have you been up to? Yes. What else have I been up to? Um, I thought I'd get a lot of things on uh, at home while Steve was gone this month, but um, no, I watched a lot of Netflix. I got to say, I, mm. I, don't, I don't watch that much TV, but I really did. So the goop was what we already covered that. Right. Um, and uh, the Ted Bundy story uh, mm. covered that. Okay. Uh, and Eric Hernandez story. Yeah. So I've been watching some creepy things. Some true crimes. <laughs> true crime. Yeah. Uh huh. But creatively for this show, for the sake of this show, um, I've been doing a lot of, I'm calling it mono collaging, Sandra. Uh huh. Where I'm just doing one image, like that is a feeling. And then I'm doing my gratitude list around that. And I'm just kind of on the lookout for kind of fierce females right now. And I love it because you were sharing some of your beautiful style. Um, what do you call them that you've been keeping for They're forever? Just these scrapbooks. So I have started, um, so think, you know, analog Pinterest, but I started making these scrapbooks when I first started designing and making clothing back in 2003. Um, I started these uh, scrapbooks. Basically I would just get like a, like a drawing journal and I would take magazines and I would remember lucky magazine. Oh yeah. That was my favorite. Yeah. That was a good one. And I would, uh, clip out inspiration, not just inspiration, but like things that I could like styles that I thought, Oh, I could kind of like make this my own, like, Oh, I like that sleeve or I like the way that they, I like the way that that skirt flounces or whatever, you know, just, just styles of fashion style that 
looked like something I would make in my kind of fit in my style of things that I make for inspiration, not just to, not just to knock things off, but you know, I've copied a few things, but whatever. It was like, um, like you created Pinterest before Pinterest was. Created. I did. I totally, I, yeah. I know I've said this before, I think, but I'm going to go ahead and say it again for the Please. Pinterest executives listening <laughs> that I should have ran with that because I, yeah, I did create Pinterest before before um, Pinterest was created. And I, but yeah. these books are like my favorite things and I don't buy as many magazines as I used to, but I still try to always get like the L and the Vogue uh, in March and September because that's when they're fat and that's when Ooh. like there's extra ads and extra stuff because that's when the seasons change you know, like fashion seasons change. That's good to know. Right. So yeah, the September issue and the March issue are always extra, usually extra thick. Magazines are getting thinner and thinner, by the way, yeah. anyway, but there's still a meteor issue. And so, um, yeah. And then I just clip out, I just cut and paste images into these scrapbooks, but they're like, they're my favorite things. Yeah. Like, Seriously, if there was a fire, you know, and I had to grab some things, I would grab those. Yeah. Uh, I, I saw, I said, love what you posted the other day because I had just pulled out a similar image, um, or not a similar, the same image from my L or Vogue, whichever one I had. Um, but that's all you need. All I've needed is one Vogue, and I've used it, I don't know, going on eight or nine months. Like there's so many images in there. The right. big fat issue, you know? Mm hmm. So that's been fun. Like I've been really enjoying that because it's simple. I'm not overcomplicating it. I'm using the negative space to write my gratitude list and it just feels fun. It just feels fun. I've been getting books about auras and researching auras and colors and what they mean and putting some paint around some of the images and um, playing around with gold. Like I've just been having some fun this month with no idea where it's headed or going and just kind of following, you know, the little breadcrumbs and seeing what happens. And that's really fun. And it seems like bite-sized and doable. It doesn't oh, yeah. like take up your whole day, but you you can begin and end of something and, and then move on to the next thing. Yeah. And it trains your eye too, right? Well, you know, from looking at things, I like how you said the flounce, you have a skirt flounces. Like, you know what you're looking for, you mm -hmm. know what you like, and you know it intuitively like right away. And so oh, yeah. sometimes when I go through a magazine a second time after I think I've pulled images, you know, um, when Natalie and I were looking through magazines side by side, when she stayed the night, um, you know, she would look through a magazine first and then she would throw it my way. And then I would open up the magazine and start pulling things out. And she's like, oh, I knew you were going to grab that. <laughs> I'm like, why don't you grab it? And then after a while, she's like, I'm leaving, I'm leaving images for you in here. I know which ones you're going to like. And so just like pulling them. And I, I was, it's just, uh, it's such a nice meditative kind of quiet activity. You don't have to think too much you know? Mm -hmm. So I've totally been loving that. It's been really fun and no pressure. And yeah, there's no desired end result other than to have it please me, just have it look pretty. Hmm. Yeah. So nice. What have you been making? I know well, you've been right. making some things. I have been making, but real quick, yeah. just to talk about like doing something just for the fun of it, just mm -hmm. because it brings you some joy. So my improv journey is about to come to an end. I mm. think we'll see. Well, it's going to be left off with dot, 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 but okay. I am, I took, I finished my last class last night mm. and I have two more shows and then I graduate. So I have been taking improv classes just steady for a year now. Wow. And, um, because I was really determined to finish because I started, I wanted to finish. I wanted to get through the whole, all the six levels wow. and graduate. Um, but I have discovered that I'm not really a very good improver. Aww. And I'm not, it's okay. It's fine. And here's why I'm not. Because improv requires you to be a very fast mental processor. And I'm just not. And honestly, I... I've been aware of that my entire life. I talk slow. I react slow. I think I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm a quick thinker, but my, see, I can't even verbalize this. <laughs> I think 
quickly, but for it to get from my brain to my mouth is a slower process for me. And I used to socially, I would mentally um, annihilate myself for that. Always. It was something I was always very aware of. It was something that I thought alcohol like helped me in social situations. It made me like quicker and wittier. And it's not like I don't think I'm funny because I, I do think I'm funny. I think I have something to say, but improv in particular just requires you to be very quick. And I've got some really, I'm going to call them kids because I'm 50, but (laughs) I've got these kids in my class that are just like, they jump out there and they're so fast. They beat me, you know, they beat me to the punch every time. And, and it's okay. But, you know, I've been thinking about this. I think some, I think our friend Jessica said this in the uh, Facebook group, not too long ago, like, being okay, or she may have said this on her podcast too, Jessica Corbin, when we interviewed her, but just being okay with like, just doing something and not expecting to be great at it, just doing it um, because it brings you a little joy and, you know, and not having a lot of expectations for how it's going to, you know, be the certain thing in your life. And so there you have it. I don't, Mm. Well, you know, who knows? Maybe I will find an improv troupe and we'll call ourselves the crones and we'll <laughs> all just be a bunch of slow talkers. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> I I I'm yeah, I don't know how you get up on stage. Like that's that's a lot of practice. That's a lot of things that you push through and work through too. It really was. But and you know, the benefits have yet to be named. I mean, I'm certain that, you know, I was just on a stage with Holly Whitaker and we'll get to that for her book signing. And I'm certain that my improv experience has helped me with that. Yeah. Because I have, I have have been a person that has definitely experienced stage fright in my life. Like I would literally just shake Mm -hmm. and, uh, and I know, and I, and I, I didn't experience that um, this week with Holly. So I know that it's helped. Um, yeah, other things remain to be seen, but, but I'm proud of myself for trying something, yeah. trying performance at, for the first time at age 49. I'm, okay. I'm proud of myself for trying. And doing it for a full year and finishing and a whole year and sticking with it. Yeah, absolutely. That's awesome, Sandra. I love that. I love that. Yeah. Speaking in public and getting up and doing those types of things, um, I was going to, I was going to segue just a little bit. because I want to talk about Holly. I want to, I want to get to that. I went to Laura McCallan's book signing and mine was a little, not as big uh, for me personally, as big a deal as what yours was, <laughs> but um, met someone ruffled there, Sandra. It was so nice this month to go meet, have dinner beforehand, laugh our butts off, you know, like we do every single time we get together. And um, Laura was in conversation with Sam Lamott, who was on episode 50 of our podcast and he interviewed her, asked her a few questions, like a Q&A in conversation with. And um, I got to ask Laura a question at the very end. That was the last question of the night, just talking about this idea of a second sobriety, because I see her use that hashtag and what that means. And since her book is titled, We Are the Luckiest, which um, was a hashtag that she started using in a phrase she started saying in early sobriety that I think she heard in the rooms or from another person. Um, And how just the evolution, you know, I wanted to focus on it being her book, but I know she's writing a second book too. And I'm sure she's going to delve into some other things that happened after you kind of get over those, that that early sobriety phase. So it was good. It was good to see her, to see other, other women in our community and to, um, yeah. And to see people in real life. And I really wish I could have been in Austin with you for Uh, the Holly event. Can you share a little bit with our listeners just to give them kind of the behind the scenes of what's happening? Because it's just amazing um, that you were asked to do this. And, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So um, Holly, Holly's people <laughs> um, asked me to uh, facilitate her uh, book signing at book people here in Austin. And I was just beside, I mean, it just completely 
surprised me, you know, when those, when those emails come over and you're just like, wait, what, wait, am I reading this right? (laughs) And, um, and I've just, you know, my first thought, my very first thought was, oh yeah, I can't do that. (laughs) Right. (laughs) No, but thank you for asking. You've asked the wrong person. I'm not being asked, but thanks for thinking of me. That's the first knee jerk. And then that's the knee jerk. And Mm -hmm. then after that, it's like, oh, wait, of course I can do this. Mm -hmm. Yes. I was, I have been practicing for this very moment for Mm -hmm. years. Um, We're coming up on three years of the podcast. I know how to interview people. Um, My, I've said this many times, but the first social outing activity that I discovered when I got sober was book signings. Mm -hmm. And I have been to no less than 50 of them at this bookstore, the same bookstore. What was the bookstore? It's called Book People. So if you've ever been to Powell's in Portland, which I know you have, it's, it's, it's kind of like a Powell's. Um, It's organized a little differently, but it's just our big, a local independent bookstore that's just been in Austin for years and years. And they have, it's not the only independent bookstore, but it's just the biggest. And they tend to carry all of the big book signings. And, um, and I've been to a, a bazillion of them. I mean, I saw Lena Dunham when they're really a, a big name, they sell tickets to the event and they usually have it at a church, but, but people sponsors it and I've seen Lena Dunham and I've seen Krista Tippett and I've seen Mary Carr and I've seen, I mean, the, the Sally Mann, this photographer that I love, the list goes on and on and on. Um, so, so yeah, so when they asked me, I never even told them this until the night that, until Wednesday night, we had about 30 minutes to chat before we went, um, before we went out and approached the audience, but I told Emily and Holly, it's like, you don't know this, but I have been, I am so ready for this moment yeah. <laughs> because I have been to so many book signings here. <laughs> I know exactly how they operate. And, um, yeah, so, uh, it was amazing. It was so, I felt, it was felt so good to, to show up with no agenda. Mm-hmm other than to make Holly feel comfortable and supported. Right. You know, it wasn't the Sandra show. Right. I just wanted to make her feel supported and loved. And, Mm. um, and it, and, and because I had set that intention, I think that's exactly how it went. For our listeners who don't know who we're talking about, what's the book? What's the, book? the book is called Quit Like a Woman, yeah. and um, it's a pretty radical book. <coughs> Excuse me. It is um, Holly Whitaker is uh, many things, but she um, probably currently would call herself a writer, and she is a CEO. She is the CEO of a company that she started. Um, originally called hip sobriety now called the tempest and um, it the tempest runs a sobriety school they run meetups they have a media outlet called the temper um, excuse me I'll take a drink of water <clears throat> and um, uh, yeah so um, so she is now a speaker a writer, a CEO. And, um, she's been on our podcast. I can't tell you. I'm looking it up right now. Okay. Um, when she was on our podcast, she was working on her book. I believe she had gotten her book deal and she was working on her book. Um, Oh, it was right when the the Tempest was launching her rebrand was launching. Yeah. It's episode 81 on here. If anybody wants to listen to it. Right. Right. But we have, you and I have both, I know that you've worked with Holly obviously in different capacities, but, um, you know, I discovered Holly and Laura 
probably when they, I probably didn't know of them until they started the home podcast, but that's how you and I met. And, um, you'll get to hear me talk a little bit, mention that a bit, uh, when we, we recorded the, the book event and we hope to share that with everyone soon. I'm so excited about that. Yeah. So you'll get to hear me bring that up. Um, but yeah, that's how I, that's how you and I met. That's how I met so many women that are just my dear, dear, dear friends today. Yeah. Yeah. The connections made through Holly and Laura just have rippled out to such a degree and I'm so grateful for it. And Laura McCallan has been on the podcast twice and um, Holly's been on once and now we're going to, we're going to air the um, conversation that you had with Holly at book people. And that's going to be very cool. Can we just talk for a moment about the outfit that you wore and how you outfitted Chris from Sandsbar, please? Okay. So I have been kind of working on these. I had this idea to just um, embellish uh, vintage jackets for a while. I've in my in my studio. I currently have about five naked blazer jack type jackets that are ready to be stitched on. I'm working on another one right now that says crone on the back and um, it's got, it's kind of like a floral motif. So it's like uh-huh. really bright and fresh and springy, but then it says crone on the bottom. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. It's funny. Oh, I love that. So they're just stitched on, but I've been working on this one jacket that has a big butterfly on the back and it says rise and on the sleeves, it says eyes up mm-hmm. and then there's a sun and a moon and stars. And it's kind of crazy actually, but it's so fun. I freaking love this jacket. It's like my power suit. Oh, I love it. And so, yeah, I wore that. It may have had its debut. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and, I love it. And I wore my flowery boots, which I think I've gotten no less than 15 or 20 comments about the flowery boots on Instagram. Those are awesome boots, Sandra. They you are pretty cool boots. Covers with that pink mm-hmm. tool dress, which, yeah, you, those are your power boots too. They are. They are. They're so me. I, I think I had a pair of flowery shoes or something in the 80s. Like, I can't exactly remember what the style looked like, but they, but when I saw those boots and I've had them for a couple of years, I don't wear them all the time. I've kind of like savoring them, mm. whip them out only in special occasions, but, <laughs> um, they, 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 yeah, they kind of pricked my eighties nostalgia mm-hmm. of the flowers, but, um, yeah. And a sparkly top. So then when we had Chris from Sands Bar on our podcast and he made a joke about, be dressing him or he, him needing some fashion sense. Mm-hmm. And I said, well, to the rescue, leave it to me. <laughs> and so, and I was serious about that. Now he didn't know that even though I had mentioned it a couple other times, but I didn't like, I didn't drop any other clues besides that. Just trust me. I'm going to bring you something. Yeah. And so my son actually had this vintage like it's almost like a smoking jacket in his closet that he had only worn once. And so I, you know, it's like, honey, I'm going to take this. (laughs) I'll pay for it. (laughs) And and he's like, okay, mom, whatever, just give me the money. (laughs) And uh, so, because my, my kid is pretty fashionable, by the Uh way, the apple did not fall from far from the tree. But um, so I took the jacket, not even knowing positively that it would fit Chris, but I had a feeling it would. And yeah. And so I embellished the hell out of it and on the back and I, I made a heart with a crown. So sort of like the sacred heart mm-hmm. motif, but for me, like symbolized Chris's like big compassionate heart. And mm-hmm. then that he's the King of Sam's bar. And, um, and then I stitched the, the letter sans bar on the back. And I really wanted to go to town. I told him I took it back cause it's not quite finished. I want to put some birds on it and stuff. Mm-hmm. Although he's trying to tell me that it's fine the way it is. So I think he's trying to say, don't put the birds on it, but, <laughs> <laughs> but this is, but you are Sandra Primo. So <laughs> if you're getting a Sandra Primo original, then you just got to take it. Just got trust me on this one. People. 
take it. She knows what she's doing. But he was, he completely lost his mind, which was Aww, really fun. I love it. I know. He's like, this is the best gift that's, that's ever been given to me. <laughs> so the whole thing was just magic. It really was. It really was. It was such a special night. And there were some unruffled listeners there that I got to meet. And there were other unruffled listeners there that didn't introduce themselves to me, but that's okay. But I'm just going to go ahead here on the record. If you come to an event that, and I'm going to speak for you, Tammy, yes, please. that either of us are hosting, please introduce yourself because we, yes. it's hard to put a face to a profile image or, you know, all, and then especially with Instagram, if you don't use your name on Instagram, it's really hard to match those things up. Yeah. And I'm, and I'm not going to remember shit. Mm-mm. So please just come and say your name. And yes. I, I'm, I might forget in person, like Natalie's always good. She's like, cause she's such a good person to remember names at events, but she'll say, you met them before at the women's circle in San Francisco. You met them at she recovers in LA. I'm like, I did. Okay. And it's not that I'm forgetting the person. I'm just, well, maybe I am. I'm bad with names mm-hmm. <laughs> and I, I want to meet you. I want to chat with you. I want to make connection. I want to make eye contact. I want to, I want to have that moment too. So yes, yes I promise I'm not scary. You know, I used to say this about my, my pit bull who people have things, you know, people, some people have issues with pit bulls if they're mm-hmm. scared of dogs. And I would always say, she may lick you to death. Same, same me, same from me, same from me. <laughs> I may lick you to death. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Oh, okay. So we have to, we can't end this episode without saying what the heck happened in February. Our big thing. Oh, we launched. We launched. We launched retreat. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We launched it. Um, practically sold it out. Yep. We, as, of the, as of we're recording this, we have a yeah. spot. A spot. So, um, we will talk about that on future episodes, but that was a lot of work this month and we launched that on Valentine's day. We're so grateful. Our patrons, um, we released it to them first and they took over half the spots, which just filled my heart, which I'm so grateful. I really appreciate. Then the second round of people were our newsletter subscribers and they grabbed a couple spots. And then on, you know, when we released the podcast into our unruffled um, community in the Facebook group, they grabbed the rest except for one. So we are um, so grateful. Cannot wait. There'll be lots of time to talk about this um, because the retreat's not until September, but that was a big thing this month. And Cody, um, our partner in crime, who's heading up all the administrative part of it and helping us organize has just been working tirelessly. So really grateful for him. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah. Okay. So I think, should we, should we call it? I mean, I know we have so much more to talk about, but um, well, before we do, I have one more thing. Yes. You, your beautiful tarot card bags that you created this month. Amazing. Yeah. I still owe you a square one for your archetypal Aww. cards. Um, yes, I sold, that was another thing, you know, that was another ball in the air, but thank you to everyone who um, bought one. I had such a fantastic response. I yeah. finally put up a couple of limited edition tarot card bags on my website, um, the unruffle.com backslash the marketplace, or just there's the marketplace link on the top. Um, <clears throat> but if you don't know what I'm talking about, if you have tarot card bag, if you have tarot cards, someone told me when I first got my tarot cards is that, that I needed to wrap them in silk because that is what kept them protected, kept Mm. their energy protected. And so, um, yeah. And so I started making these and I made you one a long time ago. Um, and I had other people say, you know, if you made silk tarot card bags, I would buy one. So I took that to heart and I cranked out quite a few. Um, I use a hundred percent recycled fabric. So you're giving your cards some extra Jew. Yeah. <laughs> Just from that. So beautiful. Thank you. And they're lined. So I lined these mm. um, uh, with like a contrasting silk and, they're very, they're one of a kind, few of a kind, just limited runs. You know, I'm just kind of using, using what I have, um, using the silks I have and, um, but they're really fun to make and they're, 
Yeah, $33. Um, Super gorgeous. Super gorgeous. You. Yeah, I love mine. And mine is um, holds two decks um, and it's kind of full. You know, I do I do two of the Tim Kim Crans decks in there. Um, but it's great when I travel. It's just so nice instead of taking a box or something. You know what I mean? Yeah, and mm-hmm. I did read that you're supposed to wrap them in silk. And so, yeah, I, I love it. I love it. Oh, Sandra, I've missed talking to you, my friend. I know. Same. Oh, and by the way, since we're talking about me and making things, I will just want to say that I'm working on the Kaftan collection (laughs) that will be debuting soon. (laughs) I can't wait for it. The spring summer Kaftan collection. That's right. Mm -hmm. Just just imagine. I I love the text we had going back (laughs) yesterday with me and Natalie. Yes. I can. It's, it's always, it was always there. Yeah. Now it's coming out. <laughs> now it's coming out. Okay. We'll stay tuned for that. Stay tuned. Um, just quick blurb. You want to promote anything? Yeah. I'm just quick. I'm going to be launching my proof of life online course on March 19th. And um, let's see. Yeah. I'll be promoting it on social media, newsletter, all the regular places, but I've been working really hard on it. So it's going to be a four week course. And what I've added as a bonus is that there's once a month sharing um, sessions, creative sharing sessions on the first Sunday of each month where we get to hang out and kind of form a little bit of a community um, for the rest of 2020. So that's a perk. That's a bonus. That wasn't part of the class. Um, So I get to hang out every month um, with the, with the students if they want to, and if they don't want to, that's fine. I'll hang out with myself. It's no big deal. So fun. I love that. That's, that would be my favorite part. I think. Yeah. That was what the feedback was from last summer. The people like the live classes and the live Q and A's and hanging out and sharing what they made and asking questions about pens and supplies and you know how people do things. So it was really nice. So that's all launching on March 19th. Perfect. On my website on TammySolace.com. What about you? Awesome. Uh, I would love to work with you on change your story. I have some space. I have a few clients right now, but I have some space opened up for spring. It's spring. Spring Mm -hmm. is good. Spring (laughs) is a good time for birth, right? Things are blooming. Things are growing. Um, so if you have an, uh, an idea for just for a project, a writing project, a website, a of any sort of creative project that you need some help and guidance with, I would love to work with you through Change Your Story. Um, again, just go to my website, theunruffle.com, and there's a link there for Change Your Story, and you can uh, check it out. There's lots of testimonials there, and, um, and sign up, or just you know email me with any questions you have. Um, this is just an aside, but you know, I made that little thing called the spark. I think I'm going to pull yeah. it and rework it, but oh, okay. yeah, you know, I originally wanted it to be an email course and I think that's what it needs to be. So, okay. um, but the content's great and it's still up on my site too. It's just, if you need a little extra, if you need to find your, your, you know, follow your curiosity to find your creative spark. Yeah, um, a little PDF there. It's tw- only twenty nine dollars um, on my website. Perfect. Well, we're gonna wrap yeah. it up here, and um, we're gonna share quickly three things. So um, yes, quick. We're gonna do rapid fire three things. So this is three things from our unruffled toolbox. That um, things that this month that I've been really digging. I think we've named most of them. So um, mono collaging. Do it. Okay. Go get Mono. yourself a Vogue, right? March, you're saying March issue. Go get a big yeah. fat Vogue or a big fat L magazine and just pull out images that you're drawn to. So that's my tool. That's what I've been using. And um, I'm going to go get one. Mm-hmm. Vogue. Um, okay. My first one is meditation. Uh, no, no, nothing earth shattering, but I'm pretty sure it's one of the things that helped me feel, feel very calm, present, and not agitated. Yeah. on Wednesday uh, on stage oh, with Holly. Mm-hmm. I really, it was really showing up for me. Yeah. Um, two, everybody has to go watch Goop Lab on Netflix. Just mm-hmm. go do it. Just go do it. Watch it all. You yeah. Can, you like, don't even have to tell it. anyone. If you're embarrassed, you don't, <laughs> you don't have to tell anyone. <laughs> Just do it. That's my second one. 
That's a good one. Uh, okay. My second one is, um, I started doing yoga. I I'm a person that does yoga That's now right. you and are a yogi. I'm not just doing any yoga. I'm doing Bikram, which I think could be, I don't mm-hmm. know, feels like one of the hardest things I've ever done. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's very hot. The postures are very hard. Um, I did a camel for the first time yesterday. So I've been doing it for a month and, and there's one posture called a camel and it's very hard. And Mm. I did it yesterday for the first time and I cried and I cried. It's hard to tell though, all the sweat, (laughs) no one could tell, but I was crying (laughs) on the down low. Okay. And number three for me is I've been using the wild unknown archetypes, um, deck from Kim Kranz. I have been totally loving this deck. I love the beginning reading it, how she tells you to use it. Use it any way your intuition wants you to use it. If you want to pull three cards that day, pull it. If you want to keep one card up all week and have that guide you, do it. If you want to put a card in your car, she said, do it. Like just go with what you grab, what, what you gravitate towards. Listen to your intuition. And um, I love the prompts in there and the imagery is beautiful. So um, that's the archetype. Um, deck by that wild unknown Kim Kranz. Good. Okay. So my third one is I've died. I've kind of taken a dive back into my natal chart. Um, I got a book called you were born for this by, um, Chani Nicholas. It's a real fun read. Um, she really breaks down like what all the little signs and symbols are in your natal chart. Mm. And then it kind of, you kind of get to go choose your own adventure, you know? So you like, if this is your sun sign, then you, you flip to that part and then you flip to your own rising sign and, and so on and so forth. Um, it's just a fun book. I mean, I consumed it in probably 24 hours. And after that, then I checked out a bunch of other astrology books out of the library and um yeah it's just been fun getting doing a little doing a little navel gazing (laughs) what's the author's last name her name is first um, name last name chani c-h-a-i-n nicholas i followed her on instagram for a while um and then she's kind of like she's been doing astrology for a while a long time but she's kind of blown up recently and she got like the Oprah. She does a horoscope on Oprah now. And she okay. wrote this book called you were born for this. And it's just okay. a great book. Um, it's, I, it's some, seems like it's, you know, natal chart one Oh one or, okay. you know, and maybe it might be basic if you're really advanced already, it may be basic for you, but it wasn't for me. Okay. I'm still learning. We'll put that in the show notes then. Okay. Perfect. Okay. Well, I've missed you. It's good to be back. I can't wait to to hear the conversation between you and Holly. And I'm really, I'm not, sometimes I say I'm proud of people. It sounds, I'm happy for you. And I, I wish I could have been there. Um, it was so, you know, I told you, I I don't get FOMO much, but I was like, Oh, I just want to be there like with Sandra beforehand and like hanging out and just, um, getting to see all the, our lovely friends, Amanda and, um, Sarah and Austin and just Jenny, my friend Jenny that went and I think took some pictures of you as well. Like I would, I would love to see everybody. Mm-hmm. So I'm so glad that you did it. And I'm so, I'm so happy that we get to share it with our listeners. Me too. Very so cool. you guys, yeah, y'all listen up for that. Um, <laughs> this is a little teaser for it. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, this was fun, friend. This was really fun. And if anybody wants to check out the retreat, it's unruffledretreat.com. We have a new website that's very fancy. Yep. All right. Have a good week. I'll talk to you next week. Okay. Bye. The Unruffled Podcast was created and produced by Sandra Primo and Tammy Salas. Our show is edited and mixed by Steve Hecht. Original music composed and performed by Caitlin Schumacher. Original artwork created by Tammy with the help of graphic designers Chris Aguirre and Amy Lanier. Thanks for listening.